You are listening to the Blockchain Dialogues podcast. All views expressed on this show are for educational purposes only and not meant to be taken as financial advice. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Blockchain Dialogues podcast with your hosts Krishna and Nikhil. In this podcast series, we analyze the various cutting-edge technologies and projects in the field of blockchains, distributed ledger technologies, and cryptocurrencies. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about how blockchain technology is revolutionizing the art industry. Blockchain technology is today being applied in the art industry for various applications, such as proving the ownership of a piece of art by recording it on the blockchain, to creating marketplaces where collectors and artists can be connected together to buy and sell art. So we're going to be discussing various projects in this space that are looking to solve different kinds of problems that have plagued artists, art foundations, museums, and art collectors for decades, if not centuries. So Nikhil, can you start off with an introduction into what the art industry looks like from the top view and what are some of the key areas where blockchain technology can make a difference? Sure. Okay. okay. Uh, so... Um, the art industry is obviously something that has been with uh, human civilization for a very long time. And uh, one of the uh, key challenges with art uh, is that it's a illiquid asset, right? So if you have a piece of art uh, uh, that is, uh, you know, a, a sculpture of David or a painting uh, or something, uh, it is, uh, you can't actually you know, easily sell or buy it, right? Because you have a lot of uh, logistical challenges uh, around it. That's one aspect. Uh, and uh, the other aspect of obviously is also uh, as long as there has been art, there has been uh, counterfeiting of art, right? So there's also the big question about of whether this is a real painting or is it a fake painting or is it a print of some sort? And uh, so these are uh, these have led to kind of uh, very uh, you know uh, very uh, uh, ritualized and very uh, kind of uh, difficult uh, uh, mechanisms to trade art right so you have uh, you have like for typically if you're trying to buy a, a, a renoir or a monet or something uh, uh, or Van Gogh or something, you would have to be, A, have a lot of money, so you need to be a millionaire, uh, and uh, B, you'd need to uh, first have uh, some, uh, you know, museum or some rich individual, uh, an existing owner of such a uh, piece of art, uh, ready to sell it, and uh, third, you'd also need to employ, you know, the... Uh, 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 experts to validate that you know the art is real it has not been uh, damaged uh, the provenance is correct and uh, uh, that you know the owner has a legitimate right to sell it because obviously there's a, and the other aspect of it is that it could be stolen art so all of these basically lead to art being sold generally in uh, piecemeal and uh, uh, using you know uh, uh, institutions like Sotheby's or Christie's uh, and uh, in in terms of uh, who do all this kind of due diligence and then uh, auction the art right so uh, there's also a lot of uh, 
a lot of kind of uh, uh, opaqueness in the art world oftentimes you know the buyers are anonymous uh, it's considered to be uh uh both for legitimate reasons you know to make sure that you know criminals don't know that people own uh, uh that particular owner has this specific piece of art and it also could be a illegitimate reason where you know they're trying to uh, uh whitewash their uh, ill ill gotten gains so uh for all of these reasons uh, art is difficult to uh transact in but uh from a purely investment perspective if you look at it uh, it is one of those pieces of investment that you can make that is kind of orthogonal to everything else right so it is a great way to hedge your bet uh, so if you are like for example in uh, uh, today's market with the coronavirus and all of that and uh, you know the falling stocks and uh, general panic uh, Uh, you could consider uh, uh, it uh, uh, you know investing in art to make sure that you don't uh, your your investment kind of retains its value and you hedge your bet so that there is something that is available uh, that that uh, that kind of retains its value now um, obviously this uh, all means that it's a rich man's game um, the average a uh, uh, person doesn't actually get a chance to uh, invest in the truly great pieces of art and even when there is uh, uh, even when they go ahead and invest in such pieces of art uh, there's no guarantee uh, about its authenticity or whether uh, further copies would be sold to other people etc etc right now that's one aspect another aspect of uh, art essentially is around uh, the artist itself right so the artist basically from the artist perspective uh selling art is very difficult a basically you not only have to establish yourself as a artist of genuine repute you also have to contact a gallery who make sure that you know uh you are not selling uh uh you know somebody you're not copying somebody else's work uh, there are the intellectual property as and uh, counterfeiting aspects of it and uh, also at the end of the day they provide uh the marketplace right so they they are the place where the buyers and uh, connoisseurs of art come and sell it and because of that as an artist uh, you are kind of uh forced to go to only certain places and accept the compromises that they provide uh, or they require in order for you to be able to sell the other aspect of it is also in today's world uh the there is in- increasingly a recognition of uh, the digital space as a medium of art right so you can ri- you can create digital art and uh, digital art is basically are uh, are at an even greater disadvantage because uh, as we all know uh, it is very easy to copy uh, digital uh, pieces so uh, you uh, you might have somebody who creates uh, a piece of music or a, a, a video or even a, a picture and uh, um, uh, you know they uh, they get maybe the initial for the for the initial sale they'll get some money but uh, then after that 
the uh, royalty for that particular piece of art is uh, always problematic. So these are the general challenges with uh, the art industry uh, that uh, I see, um, you know, blockchains are being touted as a means to address. So in general, you could classify it as provenance and certification, uh, which is essentially finding out whether this particular, where this art originated from and whether it is a real piece of art. Um, marketplaces, which is essentially uh, providing, uh, uh, you know, a forum for uh, buyers and sellers to uh, trade in art and uh, digital art itself, right? So uh, how somehow be able to uh, use the blockchain uh, and create art using the blockchain. Great. So I guess for the purpose of this episode, we'll uh, divide our uh, projects that we're going to be discussing in the blockchain uh, and art space uh, based on these three categories that you just mentioned. So we'll uh, discuss projects which are dealing with the provenance and certification aspect uh, and trying to solve that problem of uh, counterfeiting or you know trying to uh, ensure the authenticity of the art that is being sold the second set of projects that we will look at would be having to do with the marketplaces you know which connect the buyers and sellers as you just mentioned and the third would be uh, the digital art aspect uh, you know where different projects are uh, promoting the creation of digital art in a way such that the work can be stored on the blockchain and uh, you know many projects see a natural synergy between digital art and the blockchain itself so to start off with the provenance and certification Anytime you look to sell art as of today, there are two things that people are generally interested in, right? So from the perspective of provenance, as you very correctly mentioned, so uh, the first thing that you would look at is whether the artwork that is being sold to you is authentic or not, right? Uh, so if uh, a seller claims that this piece of art is by a so-and-so artist, uh, does it actually belong to that artist or is it just a counterfeit? And uh, the second aspect of provenance uh, is that whoever is selling it to you, do they have the authority to sell it to you or not, right? So currently there are many ways to determine if a piece of art is genuine or authentic or not, uh, depending on which art we are talking about. Depending on the type of art you're looking to verify, you may do currently a pigment ink analysis or just hire an expert, uh, an art expert like you very correctly mentioned, you know, who will be able to verify if the art is authentic or not. The second aspect uh, that is trying to determine whoever is selling the art, whether they have the authority to sell it or not. It's a more detailed problem to tackle, uh, whether it be the ownership records on paper, certificates, etc., to even transaction records to determine if a piece of art is stolen or not. So how blockchain can make a direct impact in terms of provenance is that a blockchain can be used as an incorruptible tamper-proof repository of records that can store the digital timestamp of when a piece of art was created. And of course, beyond storing the record of when a piece of art was created, blockchain can also be used as a global repository to record and store when that piece of art was sold from one person to another. So this is uh, the, you know, the uh, overview of what provenance and certification based projects in this space are trying to do with art, right? So the first project that I'll jump into is called Verisart, spelled as V-E-R-I-S-A-R-T. Verisart is one of the first blockchain platforms for certification of arts and collectibles. They recently raised about $2.5 million in seed funding from Galaxy Digital's EOS VC fund. 
combined with their earlier investors that is uh, Sinai Ventures and Rhodium. So Verisart can be described as a decentralized title registry for art that enables greater transparency and security for ownership of art. And they seek to provide a museum grade record of ownership of art with their service. Uh, it was one of the first companies to partner with eBay and the uh, Design and Artists Copyright Society, that is DACS, for certifying various works of art. And in 2018, they actually won the hottest blockchain DAP award at the Europas, which is essentially one of the top European awards for tech startups. And uh, in 2019, Verisart became the first blockchain certification provider on Shopify which is available to more than 600,000 stores and uh, offers a way for digital certification for art and other collectibles that are being sold. The second project that uh, I came across is called Artery, spelled as A-R-T-O-R-Y. So Artery is a registry for art on the blockchain and they seek to maintain a registry for information such as history of an art, provenance of its authenticity, its sales history, etc. The team is led by founder and CEO Nanny Decking, who is also the chairman of the European Fine Art Foundation. And they recently raised like $7.3 million in a Series A funding round from some of the investors behind companies such as Spotify and some of the major technology services. Since they're a company that is looking to create a registry of all the art that is currently in existence, uh, last year, they acquired about 22 million records of existing art from about 4,000 different auction houses. Uh, so to just compare with the previous uh, example that we just mentioned, uh, how Artery differs from Verisart is that unlike Verisart, with Artery, you have a vetted list of specialists who verify the information that goes into the blockchain. So uh, they're currently directly working with some of the existing reputed institutions such as museums, art foundations to ensure that only the most trusted information actually gets added to the blockchain. So if any institution wants to get added to the list of institutions that can authenticate the data, they can sign up as a partner with uh, Artery through their partnership program. Another key feature of Artery is that once the data about a specific piece of art is added to the blockchain and its provenance is verified, Artery issues a certificate of registration that becomes accessible to the purchaser or collector in the private vault. So at no point is the collector's identity made public. Any collector can anonymously own a piece of art with the details of their transaction stored on the blockchain. And one of the advantages to an end user as per what the company claims is that Artery serves as this large registry of verified and authenticated artwork. So if you as a potential buyer are looking to purchase art, a vetted and authenticated registry of artwork would be a better option for you versus just randomly buying it from a random seller. So this is where uh, Artery is very different from Verisart. You know, Verisart looks to provide this uh, software backbone, you know, where anybody can uh, just uh, make an entry into the blockchain. They can, uh, you know, and, and there is no real vetting happening at any point by any sort of expert or any sort of middleman. Uh, but Artery actually works with these partners or these various uh, uh, reputed uh, art foundations or museums to actually ensure that whatever is going on to the blockchain uh, that is authentic. So uh, in blockchain terminology the verifying institutions or partners uh, effectively act as the oracles in this case. Uh, what do you think about the pros and cons of that Nikhil? Sure so uh, this is the classic problem with 
the uh, you know verification and marrying digital assets uh, digital uh, technologies with physical uh, art uh, pieces right is that okay how does information that resides in the real world get into a software digital uh, network and uh, so so yeah you're right uh, you could call this what uh, oracles and uh, we actually did a Uh, an entire episode on oracles if i re- recall i think it was our first episode so uh, i would encourage uh, listeners to go back and uh, listen to that uh, an oracle very quickly is basically uh, a term that is used in uh, blockchain parlance to uh, refer to uh, sources of information from the real world that has uh, varying levels of trust right so uh, to come back to your question uh, uh, the artery model basically relies on quote unquote experts uh from you know which is from reputable auction houses etc and uh, they are basically providing uh, information verification and uh, authentication of of these works and uh, whereas uh, maybe in the uh, verisart uh, that particular process is not as uh, concrete and it's more like uh, a self uh, authorization or a, or a self uh, uh, verification which uh, based on the uh, identity of the person or uh, uh, you know the number of people who have uh, Uh, looked at it uh, might have uh, greater or lesser validity so there basically it's more of a seems to be it seems to be i'm not sure yet to be honest uh, more of a uh, evidentiary uh, uh, crowd sourced kind of a model whereas with the uh, artery it's more of a, okay we have real world experts who are, who have uh, who, who are professionals let us use their input as the uh, signal that uh, indicates the very validity of a piece of art great so moving on the next project that i want to talk about in the provenance and certification space uh, is called the blockchain art collective uh, the blockchain art collective was uh, founded by artist and entrepreneur jackie o'neil and basically it tries to be a better system for identifying what piece of art is real and what is fake so uh, the goal here is to help compensate the artists in a fairer manner so blockchain art collective which also goes by blkart which is block art the project basically uh, so it provides a rfid chip that can be stuck on your painting which acts as a certificate of authenticity of that piece of art the rfid chip costs about 10 dollars and it's something that can be stuck on the painting and it's made in such a way that if you try to remove it once you have stuck it it would just fall apart and self destruct so uh, if you try to steal the rfid chip from the original and try to stick it onto your own painting it basically would not work how the authenticity is verified is that you would have an app on your phone that can be used to scan the chip uh, and from that all the information about the painting would be available to you on your phone you know everything from who the artist is when the painting was created and all other details about that piece of art so with a unique id you can prove that it is rare and unique and that it is the original 
And traditionally, in order to prove the authenticity of a painting, auctioneers have relied on art experts to physically verify the originality of a painting. But with a unique ID assigned to the painting with a RFID chip, you can verify the authenticity just by scanning it with your phone. This is a very uh, interesting uh, idea because it kind of brings technology to bear on the challenge that you know the previous two projects were uh, approaching. So this is a third way of actually addressing the problem of verification where they uh, using an RFID chip, etc. One one challenge with this obviously is that you can do that uh, for new paintings uh, and uh, some paintings, uh, but may not be possible in all cases. Like for example, if you have uh, you know a very rare and original painting of an original artist, uh, uh, maybe a Van Gogh or something, there may be some uh, hesitance in kind of you know sticking an RFID chip on the painting in some place, which might uh, you know if it gets ripped away might might actually compromise the value of the painting itself and uh, that is one aspect second one is very interesting one is that it talks you'd say that it would uh, if you remove the painting <coughs> it would fall apart and self-destruct um, that that's a uh, that's you could also have vandalizing of paintings because somebody might maliciously go about you know removing the chips and uh, destroying the painting in effect uh, so just to correct myself over there i'm sorry if i if i misspoke so basically if you try to remove the rfid chip uh, the chip itself self destructs or it gets destroyed and the painting just remains intact so the rfid ah, chip is basically okay. this sticker that just goes on the back of the painting so it's not visible but it's there you know behind on the canvas so oh, okay. uh, so it's designed, I don't know how the technology of it works, but, uh, you know, it's designed in such a way that if you, once it has been stuck, if you try to remove it, uh, the, the chip, the chip would, would get destructed. Right, okay. right. So it would not, uh, you, you cannot reuse it and, you know, put it onto something else to claim as the Van Gogh uh, when you have actually taken it off from the original Van Gogh, right? So, so that's sort of, you know, how uh, the RFID thing works. So moving on, uh, the second set of projects that we wanted to look at was to do with the use case of marketplaces. So market by marketplaces, we mean uh, decentralized marketplaces facilitated by the blockchain uh, that connects artists and collectors together uh, where buying and selling can happen, right? So um, the first project that I will jump into, uh, it's called Your Art is Reality, uh, which also goes by the short form YAIR. So YAIR is a blockchain-based platform that was founded in 2016 to commission research and develop solutions for all kinds of digital arts. So uh, the project uses the blockchain uh, for one, to simplify co-ownership of digital art, two, for the securitization, that is to uh, allow people to invest in a piece of digital art with digital tokens, third, to verify authenticity of art and fourth to provide new monetization models for the digital artists. So YAIR is based on the Eternity blockchain which is spelled as A-E-T-E-R-N-I-T-Y uh, and Eternity is basically a smart contracts and dApps, uh, and dApps platform very very similar to Ethereum. 
So YAIR currently exclusively works with digital art because by its very nature, digital art can live on the blockchain. Uh, so one of the key areas of focus for them is AR or VR based art, including uh, other traditional forms of art such as photos and videos. So essentially what YAIR does is that it tokenizes these various artworks with a token supply and each token supply embodies a specific piece of art. And YAIR becomes this platform where holders of these tokens can experience the art form and trade tokens with others at the same time. So basically how it works is that when, an, uh, when a piece of art is tokenized, uh, you would have uh, these token holders, you know, which, who hold the uh, tokens for that specific piece of art. And uh, if you have the tokens, then you can come onto this platform and you can experience it. You can maybe sell your portion of the tokens for that piece of art to somebody else for a price. That, that, that's what I gathered from the project. Uh, it's one of the early projects, you know, that began in the space uh, in terms of marketplaces. The second project, which is uh, called Mecenas, uh, spelled as M-A-E-C-E-N-A-S. Uh, Nikhil, can you go into what Mecenas is? Right. Uh, so uh, Mecenas uh, uh, or Mecenas uh, is a blockchain platform that is looking at uh, the idea of uh, 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 tokenizing art. Right. So. Uh, again, uh, uh, in the DeFi episode, we went into this idea of tokenization, and uh, uh, it's a uh, it's a thing that is happening in the blockchain space right now. But uh, in 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 a nutshell, basically, what what uh, the idea is that you you have a uh, an asset which has a large amount of value and uh, basically you want to be able to sell pieces of it right so uh, i might have a van gogh uh, that is uh, several million dollars in value and uh, i want to basically uh, divide that up uh, in into uh, tokens of a smaller amount that i can sell to multiple uh, investors and kind of uh, basically then try to monetize my investment right uh, otherwise it basically just becomes an illiquid investment that's sitting in my vault and i can't really leverage it because there's nobody willing to pay me the amount of money required for the whole thing but i might be able to get a group of people to kind of collectively buy it so uh, that's the large underlying idea that uh, mesenius is trying to do right so mesenius is basically taking this and applying it to fine art right so uh, it's one of the first blockchain based platforms that allows anyone to buy sell and trade part ownership in masterpieces right on a liquid exchange so the uh, the uh, high level idea is suppose if you have say a gallery like the chelsea gallery they want to buy, uh, acquire uh, a high piece of uh, another piece of art and uh, the normally what they would do is they would go to the bank and they would uh, ask for a loan and the bank would give them at a very high uh, interest rate and then they would have to work off that loan over time uh, and uh, it, they would have to then uh, hand over or secure some of their art with the bank uh, as a backing or a collateral for that loan right instead of doing that uh, what it could do is it could go to messianus and say okay uh, I'm going to list my artwork 
so their existing artwork and uh, uh, they basically uh, come to mecenas mecenas basically evaluates their artwork so they will have uh, a curation where uh, mecenas goes in and identifies a suitable piece of art uh, it does the due diligence process uh, and uh, creates you know the collateral around the art so it can talk about the history the condition high release resolution images of the work and the provenance etc etc right then mecenas basically tokenizes that particular piece of art uh, that it creates these erc20 tokens so mecenas basically has an erc20 token or called art art and uh, it basically uh, tokenizes that piece of work in using those art tokens and then they can uh, they are then listed on the ma- uh, marketplace and uh, uh, any investors who are in- in- interested in investing in that piece of art uh, can uh, uh, buy those tokens right and then uh, in addition mecenas basically provides a, a, a token exchange where uh, that those art asset tokens can be further traded right so you have a secure real time uh, trading exchange that's open all the time and uh, suppose you've got a few uh, percentage maybe 1% interest in a, in a, a warhol uh, a piece of art uh, you can sell that uh, to another somebody else who's interested and then you know uh, enjoy the liquidity and uh, access and you don't have to worry about uh, the security of owning the art the art itself will still be in the museum but uh, essentially you own a piece of it so that's basically uh, how mecenas works great so very similar to what you just mentioned i'll just mention one more project uh, called portion which is very similar to the mecenas project that that you just described so portion describes itself as an art and collectibles marketplace built on ethereum and ipfs and uh, it is an online marketplace created to connect artists and collectors and uh, allow the users of the platform to easily sell invest and own art and collectibles with transparency so uh, portion uses what is known as porty which is a erc20 token and uh, it acts as the primary currency for buying and selling anything on the portion platform uh and as the website suggests uh, like some of the projects we discussed uh, portion allows you to create a certificate of authenticity for provenance uh also like the artery project that we just discussed a uh, portion allows you to maintain a pseudo anonymous identity wherein you can catalog your whole collection that is secured on the blockchain without anyone finding out who you are so i just thought i'll, I'll just quickly mention that project as well uh moving on uh, the the last project that we would uh, discuss in this category uh, of uh, marketplaces is called the scarab experiment spelled as uh, s c a r a b uh scarab experiment is an association of artists uh, that are doing an experiment of combining art with various kinds of technologies so uh, scarab is basically described as a multi user persona linked to a decentralized artist collective that can produce a piece of art together so essentially you would have uh, an artist persona or a scarab on the platform creating a piece of art just like how an individual artist would however uh, in reality that scarab actually represents a collective of various artists that are creating that piece of art collaboratively so how this would work is that there would be altogether 
so they have something called scrub tokens okay and altogether they have about 50000 scrub tokens and uh, about 1000 tokens are dedicated per art form that is going to be created out of this experiment right so altogether you have 50000 tokens uh, 1000 tokens per project so altogether goal over here is to create 50 pieces of collaborative art that would be created with with the with the entire experiment so how this works is that individual artists submit their images uh, to be included into uh, a project you know one of the 50 projects and in return they get one scrub token for it so what happens is that they have an algorithmic imaging method that combines a new photo into the already existing collaboration so each project is created by the combination of 1000 images and so basically when the 1000th image is uploaded is is submitted for collaboration the 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 project just completes itself so what happens is that you know they they have this uh, proprietary algorithm imaging algorithm that is able to combine all the newly submitted images into creating this art form out of these 1000 images and what turns out after combining these 1000 images uh is something very unique it's something very different from those individual 1000 pieces of art that that was submitted uh, to collaboratively create this one masterpiece right So uh in terms of ownership of rights uh, how this works is that if you are an artist who is submitting uh, your image uh in return for one scrub token to be one of those uh, one of those 1000 images that that would be used to collaboratively create this masterpiece you you will hold the rights to the image that you submitted you will retain all the rights to it but you will not have any uh, sort of ownership of the final masterpiece that is created you know you at the end of the day you basically have that one scrub token in your hand and you can claim that you know uh, you are a part of this experiment and you know <laughs> you, you you are a part of uh, uh, collaboratively creating these uh, 50 masterpieces created using digital technologies you know for image processing and stuff so um, that that that's in in a nutshell what uh, scrub token is it it looks to combine art with the uh, artists and uh, the it it sort of mixes the identity of the artist itself you know it it creates this virtual persona called a scrub which uh, represents uh, you know a collection of various artists put together under one identity and uh, yeah, you know it tries to combine that it's very interesting so so the uh, this also actually leads me to the idea that you know it could possibly be used uh for uh, you know uh, providing recognition and uh, uh intellectual royalty uh, uh rights to uh, people who collaboratively collaboratively come up with pieces of work right so imagine uh, i think we in a in our uh, discussion in blockchain and music which we did a couple of episodes back uh we had talked about the problem of you know uh, a piece of music nowadays is uh not one person it's actually a group of people who come out and produce it uh including you know the instrumentalists the uh screen the uh, uh the lyrics writer the uh, singer and all of that right so uh, this this actually is a is another uh, si- similar kind of a Uh, enterprise right where you have a group of people who want to collaborate with each other but at the same time you know they want to make sure that everybody is uh, uh, has uh, been has equal recognition and uh, uh, has equal rights uh, over the art that is produced 
very interesting. That's a very valid point uh, and a, a great summary of you know what what's possible with this sort of a collaboration. So just to clarify, this specific project, even though you know it it has the potential to uh, build on all these aspects that you just said, uh, the Scrub experiment is actually designed to do something very specific. You know, it's this experiment you know which is going to create these fifty pieces of art and then. The experiment just ends over there, right? So, like one of the other interesting things uh, about this experiment is that uh, all the submissions that happen by individual artists, uh, they're all anonymous in nature. And so, when the final masterpiece is created, uh, you don't even know which artists have actually collaborated to create this masterpiece. Correct, but so, uh, they can still uh, show their token to kind of claim that, right? Right, so they can actually uh, have ownership of one scrub token, which shows that uh, you know they were part of the scrub experiment. Oh, but, but it doesn't uh, when, uh, tie tie them to any individual image. Exactly. So uh, it doesn't tie them to the uh, one of the uh, fifty masterpieces that have come out. So I guess the philosophy over here is that uh, you know a lot of times we as the viewer or the appreciator of art, uh, we tend to get biased uh, knowing uh, you know who the artist is behind a piece of art. You know you might uh, tend to value something more. You right. know if, if if you know that you know something is by a renowned artist. Yes. So this experiment you know looks to sort of. Uh, uh, experiment with that aspect as well you know like whether you will actually value uh, this new piece of art that is created with collaboration from thousand people when you don't know who these thousand people are right like how how will you weigh you know whether you actually appreciate it whether you like it or not right so uh, but but again very valid points from you uh, with regard to the licensing and you know the the ownership rights so with that I'll just move on to the next uh, project which is called Dada Art which actually does precisely what, what you just described so uh, Dada Art, uh, spelled as D-A-D-A, -A, Art, uh, was created by Beatrice Ramos, uh, uh, Abraham Milano, and Judy Mam. So Dada Art is basically an online social network that allows artists to communicate with each other using their drawings. So it basically allows artists to have a kind of visual conversation among each other on this common social platform. So uh, how it works is that one person starts off with an idea and uh, other artists build upon it and continue with it uh, to create a completely new addition to it, right? Uh, by adding their own ideas and creativity into it. And uh, how, so basically, you know, once once uh, a piece of art has started off in creation, you have multiple people on this platform, you know, who would just jump in and they would go on collaborating. They would go on adding, you know, their contribution to this piece of art. So unlike uh, the previous example of Scarab experiment, you know, where there is this uh, imaging algorithm that is being used that would, you know, just create something totally new out of the thousand individual pieces that have come together. In this case, this is more like a continuous piece of art, right? So like if you completed a painting up to this point uh, from that point on uh, you know the, the it, it's continued in a certain way right like another artist came in and you know they they built on it and then after that it just passed on to another artist so at the end of it you know you have this very giant piece of art uh, which has been worked upon by many many people and you know it would sort of tell you a story you know and it, it would tell mm -hmm. you a story in terms of uh, the visual art Right? right, like in terms of you know what how the artists have expressed a sort of story with that you know with that continuous piece of art. So that's the idea behind uh, Dada Art and uh, how blockchain fits into this whole uh, picture is that with the use of blockchain technology, you can have ownership of uh, an individual drawing or an entire visual conversation. So therefore, if that work of art is sold anywhere, 
you can track the ownership of it and ensure that the right people who collaborated on it uh, they get paid for it amazing uh, so that's that's the the idea behind dada art right and 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 yeah that's it's it's almost like uh, yeah, it's uh, you know back in the day when you had the graffiti on the walls right where you used to have uh, multiple people coming in and kind of adding their own twist to existing graffiti or uh, extending uh, their uh, creating new pieces of graffiti that uh, extended a conversation so yeah it it uh, it's it's very interesting uh, how the blockchain can help uh all of these people get uh you know their due and the royalty of or, or get remuneration for for their work right so with that let's move on to uh the third category of uh, projects that we want to discuss today and uh, this comes under the category of blockchain art but again like uh, a lot of what we have discussed so far sort of uh, has an intersection with uh, with uh, digital art to begin with so uh in this section we want to focus on certain projects uh, which entirely deal with digital art you know where art is not physical at all it's entirely digital so i think the the, the first project uh, the signature project that that uh, you know one would like to start off in this space is the crypto kitties project uh, nikhil can you go into what crypto kitties was and yeah, i know we have talked about it 100 times you know in other episodes but uh, could you just give a brief overview of you know what crypto kitties no, was and so you- so uh, your before i do that a uh, little bit into what digital art is uh, see digital art itself is a pretty li- large term i mean it's it covers a lot of things uh so uh, uh what we are going to do here uh, at least with the crypto critics project is basically specifically look at uh what could be called quote and quote uh, artistic uh, experiments of uh using the features of uh, blockchain platforms to create uh, stuff right so to create something new right and a classic case is cryptocurrencies so cryptocurrencies essentially started off i think sometime in the uh, late 2017 um, and uh, the idea was uh, very simple there was a smart contract uh, that allowed you uh, to buy uh, pictures of cats so it would be uh, it wouldn't be a real cat it would be kind of uh, almost like a doodle like a cartoon of a cat correct and uh so these uh, uh there there were there were these images uh, uh, uh the digital images that you would purchase uh, and uh, you would own that cat but what was interesting was that the smart contract basically allowed you to then go and uh breed your cat quote unquote breed uh with uh, another cat so and then the outcome of this uh uh what do you call it breeding uh would be a third cat right so you would actually create a kitten a crypto kitty kitten and that itself would then uh possibly be bred could be bred and get uh, beget with uh, another crypto kitty and so on and so forth so uh essentially you had something where um uh, you could uh not only have a kitten a crypto kitty you could basically go ahead and collaborate uh with other people and create and and quote unquote breed new kittens right and uh, the interesting thing about it is that uh, there was it was an algorithmic uh merging of the two images so if you had a white cat and a brown cat 
you might get, you know, uh, a genetic uh, uh, color mix of the two cats. It wouldn't be a straightforward uh, mix. It would be more kind of like a random uh, 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 combination of traits, right? And uh, these traits would basically be listed on your uh, cat card. So you would have uh, uh, some some physical traits and some uh, uh, personality traits, and then you would mix the traits, and you would get a new cat, right? And uh, what was interesting was that how popular it became. Uh, it became so popular that the Ethereum network or the Ethereum platform started, uh, you know, slowing down because of the sheer number of transactions the sheer number of uh, 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 people that were working, uh, were, were, were interacting and playing this particular, uh, you could call it a game, uh, where you were creating these uh, art, uh, digital art, right? So, uh, so the, yeah, so this is essentially uh, what CryptoKitties is, right? And uh, basically, if you look, ask CryptoKitties people, they were inspired actually by another uh, project uh, which uh, happened a few months back uh, before CryptoKitties called CryptoPunks. And uh, CryptoPunks was basically created by a couple of uh, uh, developers from Canada, uh, John Watkinson and Matt Hall. And uh, they basically uh, had built... uh, this um, uh, uh, software algorithm that could uh, uh, generate characters, uh, CryptoPunk characters. Uh, And these CryptoPunk characters would be kind of like, uh, you know, pixelated images of people. Uh, They're not real people, but uh, have the features of a face kind of, right? And uh, so they created, they they had built this program together uh, they generated these characters and they didn't know what to do with it. So they basically were looking into Ethereum at the time and they said, okay, why don't we just uh, make it available as, uh, you know, as a collectible on, on the Ethereum platform. And uh, at that point in time, basically, the uh, tokens are basically considered to be fungible, right? So you had uh, one token was essentially the same as the other. But uh, in this particular case, since each character was unique, they wanted the token to represent, uniquely represent a character. And uh, so they basically tweaked the ERC20 uh, standard at that time, which was there for fungible tokens, to create what is known as the ERC721 standard. And uh, you know they they uh, they started selling these uh, creatures. Um, the company they they created a company and they kept about a thousand of these characters for themselves. So you had ninety uh, nine thousand CryptoPunk characters available to the general public, and you know uh, they were out there in the open market. And uh, I think uh, uh, it kind of blew up right they charmed the art world they 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 talked about it and it became popular and uh yeah it at at one point i think uh, the uh, one of the characters was an which is that of an alien was purchased for about sixteen thousand dollars so 
yeah, so this is another project essentially uh, that cannot, well, it is. it could be called digital art uh, in the sense that this was a one-off thing. Uh, they created these characters. These characters have uh, little intrinsic value other than the value placed on them by the market and the people who own them. So people were basically buying characters that looked like them and then putting it on their Twitter accounts, for example, uh, and so on and so forth, right? So uh, these are actually a couple of uh, examples of uh, art that have been leveraging blockchain technology and digital technology and uh, uh, are being, uh, you know, sold and uh, uh, making money for people. The next, uh, and I think the last project that we'll talk about uh, is another interesting uh, twist, which is essentially uh, crypto art. Uh, and crypto art basically um, is a kind of a interesting way for storing your uh, Bitcoin uh, or your Ethereum or any kind of uh, digital currency. So uh, if I'm not sure uh, if uh, we talked about paper wallets uh, on this podcast before, but essentially one of the ideas, uh, one of the uh, recommendations for uh, safe storage of your uh, of your crypto assets is the uh, safe management of your keys. And uh, one of the safest ways to manage your keys is to uh, make sure that your private key is not on any digital medium, right? So crypto art essentially uh, uh, is a way for you to uh, create a cold storage uh, with art, right? It merges the cold storage with your art. So it gives you kind of like a, uh, a physical print of art. And uh, uh, on that physical print, you have, uh, you know, it's designed to fit ready-made frames. You can hang it up, uh, and in the on the on the art piece at one place, in one place there is the public key as a QR code that you can easily scan, and uh, the private key is uh, kept uh, in uh, another place uh, on the art. Uh, it is hidden by a sticker, and uh, you know, uh, in the back of the art or somewhere so that uh, it is kind of uh, available uh, for you to use whenever you need it, but at the same time you can hang it up uh, and it becomes kind of like this decorative piece that you have in your house. Um, so you have aesthetics uh, and uh, uh, the scarcity also. So you can, the, the, the value in this particular piece is all literally the value of the Bitcoin, right? So or the whatever crypto asset that you have uh, kept in the wallet uh, in that particular cold storage. So you, you can literally say, you know, I have uh, this piece of art that is literally worth so much uh, in, in terms of crypto assets or in terms of money. Great. So with that, uh, Nikhil, can you, I, I know we covered a lot of different types of projects, you know, in this episode. Uh, could you give us a quick summary of your thoughts on, you know, where the uh, the merger of art with the blockchain industry yesterday and you know what are some of the potential challenges maybe uh, going forward so uh, art has traditionally been uh, very conservative when it becomes to tech when it comes to technology and it's quite slow in adopting technology in often cases uh, quite rightly so and uh, uh, 
to be honest, uh, you know, the internet has not been particularly kind to some types of uh, art in the sense like, you know, now you have uh, to, uh, you have made basically copying art, uh, especially digital art, uh, essentially free. And uh, so this is uh, also naturally led to a lot of uh, devaluing of uh, certain types of art. But at the same time, uh, it is uh, important for art to kind of get into the digital world if it, in order for people to actually capitalize or make a living based on art, right? So uh, in order to encourage that, we need to definitely uh, embrace technology and uh, art and vice versa. Uh, uh, in, our, in, in, uh, in a more uh, deliberate manner and uh, uh, from a blockchain perspective now finally there's a way for you to directly kind of uh, anchor your intellectual property onto a substrate, a digital substrate uh, that is uh, relatively uh, democratic uh, it is relatively uh, you know uh, uh, transparent and uh, uh, relatively difficult to change. So uh, it's it's a it's I think it's a great opportunity, and uh, uh, we've seen that you know uh, you can uh, attack the art problem from various ways. We've looked at provenance and certification. We've looked at marketplaces. Uh, both of these address the challenges of existing art. Uh, physical art and uh, both existing uh, 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 old masterpieces as well as uh, new commercial contemporary art that is coming out can both benefit from these uh, uh, these paradigms and there's also this new uh, age that is coming up where technology is literally becoming uh, used as a medium to express art so I think the uh, future of uh, art and blockchain is quite bright. Uh, I think it allows uh, art to reach a much larger audience and uh, it allows people to basically, uh, uh, you know, finally uh, invest in and participate in more deeply uh, on, the, on their passions uh, for art. All right, folks, that concludes our podcast. We hope that you found this episode on blockchain in art useful. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. Also, you can learn more about us on bcdialogues.com. Thanks again for joining. See you next time.